All right, well, welcome everyone. Um, excited to announce our 2020 signing class. Um, uh, I, I, first of all, I want to thank everyone involved in the recruiting process, for, uh, specifically our players, the ones that hosted and the ones that uh, were involved in mentoring a lot of these recruits on their visits. And then uh, from there, our assistant coaches, the hard work that they put in and in the whole recruiting process. Some of these guys have been recruited for years and have been, uh, you know, been in our camps and been involved with the relationships with our, our assistant coaches as they recruited them, the position coaches as they started to transfer, uh, transfer them over to being in their position group and, and now uh, making it official by the signing class that we have. And then I want to thank their families for allowing their husbands and their dads to go on out on the road and, and recruit hard and be spend a lot of time away from their families. So thank you to the families of the, of the coaching staff and I want to thank our support staff as well, uh, specifically Alema Fitisi Manu with the recruiting. Um, he's been in charge of recruiting now and has done a great job at, at organizing and, and, and um, allowing our recruits on official visits to have a great um, experience. If you look at the retention rate <clears throat> of, of the recruits that come on visits, uh, we have a really high percentage. And so uh, that's a, a lot in, in, in relation to what Alema has done for us in, in this program. And um, the things that he has done and what our program has done involving the faculty and the staff in the recruiting process has been a huge benefit for us and a huge advantage and uh, for our players, our recruits to have such a great relationship with our teachers that are on campus, uh, the administrators have all been so, uh, great support and been readily available for any of our players to meet with them upon request and, and a lot of them just like being around our guys. So. Um, that's been a, a big part of the success that we've had in this recruiting class and feel really good about the guys that we have come into this program and <clears throat> they're from so many different uh, parts of the, of, the, of the country. We look at recruits from Arizona, California, Florida, Hawaii, Nevada, South Carolina, Utah, and even one from France. <clears throat> so looking forward to these guys coming in and, and playing right away and then a good portion of them also going on missions as our part of our developmental plan. We'll see them in a couple of years. And then we're also welcoming back a, uh, a good group of players that we signed a couple of years ago, you know? And so uh, we have some mid-year signees that, that uh, are in the, on the list that we can be added to our, our, our team right now. And they've joined us in January. Then we also have a good number of young men that are joining us throughout spring and summer as we get ready for the season in the fall. And so that's our class and um, to my left, I have our defense coordinator, Eli Satuyaki, our special teams coordinator, and assistant head coach, Ed Lamb. And to my right, I have our offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, and we're here for any questions that you may have. Open it up to the media. Thank you. <clears throat> Kalani, in what areas do you feel this class improves your, your program and what skill sets? Well, I think the, you know, in the past we've, we've really brought up some guys that were developmental and even some guys that started with us. I, I think the missionaries go right into the developmental program because you don't see them for a couple of years. But uh, I think this year, and we've kind of been going that route, the trend of the last year is having guys that are probably more ready to get on the field right away. And we see a lot of guys that can contribute, whether they're JC uh, transfers or um, a graduate transfer or, or, or freshman coming from high school. I think these guys are a little bit more ready to play, and, and uh, we're going to have to lean on them because of the type of schedule that we play in and, and some of the things that we have to test with our depth. So I think looking at the, the group, we have a, a lot of great recruiters on our coaching staff that are able to, to 
you know, develop and recognize guys at a young age and seeing the development of some of these kids that we recruited since their freshman, sophomore year, develop into what they are now. I think they're going to be, um, for the most part, I think they're more ready to play uh, this fall if they're called on. Kwani, as <coughs> coach, you've dealt with, you know, going through this process with admissions and grad transfers and all of the different pieces that have to come together. How has your approach and just understanding of, of putting all those pieces together kind of evolved over the last few years as you've, as you've kind of, you know, worked through it year after year? Well, we're, we're looking at the analytics, the data that we have, and, and the success of the missionaries specifically coming home from their missions at which time. And uh, we've been able to make some adjustments and get them at the right time to start school. And um, also um, adding into the type of workouts that they're going to have and the type of uh, transition they need from being on a mission for a couple of years to, to going to be a, a big-time contributor in, in Division One football. You know, so uh, we, we luckily we have a lot of guys on our staff that have served missions, guys on our team have served missions, and, and then even guys in our strength room that have served missions so that we can be able to lean on that heavily and see some of the experience that they've had. But also checking the data and researching and, and trying to talk to as many people as we can to get the best environment for our players to have success with, with being back from their missions. Kalani, you mentioned <coughs> the uh, retention rate in regards to official visitors. It feels like compared to previous years, your, your staff's been a little more selective on offers. So what was the retention rate as far as just guys you, you offered? Because it seems like you guys are more selective this year. Yeah, I think um, is is probably because we had a lot of guys that were committed early. You know, I mean, you look at a, a young man that's been committed since his sophomore year, um, that that has kind of closed off recruiting, and you see, uh, you know, for him it doesn't really matter if he's going to get more offers or not. BYU is where he wanted wants to be, and we've had those guys that we have a lot of guys that have been in that category, and then just making sure that we get guys that fit what we want here. You know, and that's the academics, the honor code, and, and those are things that we're using as strengths and, and, and uh, you know, where we can kind of filter out guys that think they can make it here, guys that are willing to, um, you know, raise up their standards and, and be able to, to match the expectations that we have here as a coaching staff and as a fan base. And that's been part of the main reason. Plus, uh, because our, our, our um, you know, our retention and our Official visits have been pretty good. We were able to use a lot of preferred walk-ons, and being able to recruit every roster spot on our on our our team. You know, it's not just uh, looking at the 85 scholarship guys, but it's looking at the guys that we can bring in that can contribute right away. Guys like what Ed found in Peyton Wilgar uh, that had a huge impact on our team, and um, nobody was on him really. You know, and, and and looking at the guys that we know we can develop as preferred walk-ons to move into a possible scholarship spot and. Um, those are a lot of guys we played with a lot of them this year. I could probably, I mean, Baylor Romney comes to mind, um, Peyton Wilgar, Tyler Algier, those guys have, have worked their way through it and earned scholarships and found a, a place in the, on the depth chart. So it's just not just a, I guess the, the mindset isn't just to recruit only the scholarship guys, but to recruit everybody and, and take it with, uh, you know, with, with our coaches to have them evaluate every part of this team. For any of the coaches, are there any players in particular that you guys are really proud of getting as someone who's going to show some potential come in the fall or in two years once they serve their missions? Every single one of them. They're all our babies, so we love them all.
this is probably something for Ed or Eliza, I don't know, one of you, but it seems like linebacker and kind of pass rushers was a really big emphasis in this class. I think you have six linebackers and several more that can come off the edge. Did that Was that just sort of happenstance, or was that kind of an eye on this group of just really good, promising linebackers? Yeah, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll start with the linebacker question because some, sometimes we will recruit a player who's playing linebacker or defensive end in high school, but, but we may not see them there uh, when they get there. We may see them at a different spot. So as far as the linebackers go, uh, Josh Wilson is actually the only one that, that won't be serving a mission first. So uh, we feel like uh, uh, you know this. Right now we're really young, still at linebacker at BYU on the roster. feel really good about the, the – future for those guys, but uh, but this class really, I think, solidifies the fact that we've got some guys we're really excited about for a really long period of time. And then, uh, yeah, maybe maybe E could take, I know uh, at least Alex Muthi was, you know, he's, he's playing a linebacker position, I think listed at linebacker, but we see him more as a defensive end. Yeah, it's the same, same thing that Coach Lyon's been talking about. I mean, for us, there's, um, you know, it's really getting getting the kids that fit into the program and kids that fit the specs as far as what we're looking for. And felt like we got some pretty good height and, and size with the kids that that we got uh, in December and now. And so, um, I think more importantly, we I think we've talked about it for several years now, and it's uh, it's really about getting the right right fit. Kalani, talk about the what it means to have as many family legacy guys, whether it's brothers or parents that play. We've talked about it before, but mm-hmm. had more in this class <clears throat> that joined that have family ties to the program. What does that mean to, to have these guys you know, come in and join the family tradition of being at BYU? Yeah, and you're probably just talking about siblings, you know, but there's cousins and um, poly cousins, right? So there's a there's a, whole, a lot of connections. There's, there's brothers in the, in the gospel and all that stuff. So ward members that have they have friends that in their ward that they push to us and help us with referrals. I remember you guys remember day one, I asked for member referrals for recruits and um, keep them coming because they're they're a big part of what we do. Help us find guys and um, you know it, it's a uh, I think for us the whole recruiting concept of, with the families just kind of happens that way sometimes you know. But if you look in the past, you you hear from a lot of the family members that have always played where there's Anais, there's Bellinis. There's Youngs, there's Denny's, there's Staley's. I'm gonna throw Sitakes in there too. There's Atuayas. I mean, this is the ones that are just coming to my to my head, right? And you could probably there's some BYU football historians out there that see it too. It's nothing that's new. So I think we're on the right trend, and um, it's not like you have to be related to play here, but it also helps, you know. And and uh, the Kafusis. I mean, shoot, there's a little bunch of them. The Freelands, the whole yeah. Yeah, MPs. I mean, you're looking at, at at a bunch of uh, a big connection here, um, and so uh, I think that just fits what we're trying to establish here as a as a family unit. But you know, it's it's interesting because you would talk about like Tate Romney compared to you know Baylor and and Gunner, and they're really competitive. Um, we're in the home, and they're showing us uh, this the, when their child when their children the videos, and it's like he really had no choice, Tate. He had to play defense every time because. <clears throat> Gunner was the receiver, and Baylor was always thrown to him. So he was the youngest, just had to tackle everybody, and um, that's just kind of how it works out, you know. So uh, I just think that you know they come from <clears throat> same families and same parents, and have the same type of standards that we're looking for. But it's not like it's only only exclusive to just a <laughs> you have to be a, a, a parent or, or a, a child of a BYU legacy person. It's just it works out that way, and this is that was nothing that we did intentionally; it just happened. 
Jeff, you had a strong close on the offensive side with DHC and, and Miles Davis. What type of impact do you feel those guys could have this fall? Well, I think we did um, what we really needed to do on the offensive side of the ball. You know, we've got um, a number of players coming back at a couple of positions in the offensive line and at tight end and the guys on our team currently, plus the return missionaries. We didn't need to sign a lot of guys that would come in and play right away. Certainly, we feel good about the guys that we signed that are going that are going on missions, Jake and Isaiah, both of those two. Um, you always want to sign a quarterback in every class, and we're certainly excited about Soljay. He's a great playmaker um, and think he'll fit us just right. Um, but the positions of running back and receiver were, were two big needs for us. Um, and I thought Fessy did a tremendous job going out and finding receivers that would be the right fit. Two of those guys we'll see in a couple of years, and then three guys that'll come and 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 provide some immediate help right away. And um, you know, like Ed said a minute ago, we're hoping all these guys can come in and compete for playing time early. And some will, and some will take a little bit longer to develop. But we're challenging those guys, particularly the guys at receiver, to fill the void of three seniors that we had who were very productive. And then you're always looking to upgrade your talent, and felt like we did that at running back. So there will be a lot of competition. Uh, to see who lines up there next to the quarterback this fall. Kalani, there's a lot of names on this list. Do you have room if you need to get into the transfer portal and get a, a, another guy or two, or, or are you full? No, we have room, yeah. So we we plan for it, and, and uh, we'll see what's out there. We need a diff- we need difference makers, and so that's, that's what we're going to be looking at if, if uh, on, on anywhere in the on, you know, on three phases, so. And then whichever coach maybe was most involved in recruiting Miles Davis, could you just take us through how you found him, how you identified that he could help you, and just that process of, uh, of getting him kind of late in the game? Well, Miles was m- mostly done. Uh, I think it was a kind of a tug of war with coaches, but Fessy and uh, Gennaro were really heavy in recruiting him. But the, I think both sides of the ball, all, all the coaches up here recruited him heavily. And, I was probably the least like least out of all of them to recruit him, but they, there's still a battle on. I mean, we're in staff meeting. We didn't know where to put him, DB or wide receiver. It looks like DB one, but you know, this, he's an athlete. He's a guy that's wanted, has tons of speed, and he's a big time player. And but that's I could say that about all the guys on the list that that are going to be joining us right away. They 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 have big big play capability, and that's what we need, you know. And so it's going to be great competition for for everyone, and, and they're joining a. A great group of players that we have on our on our roster currently right now. So, I feel really good about the situation that we're in, and I think we can be pretty good. Uh, for any of the coaches, um, saw a lot of young leadership this past season, underclassmen, young guys stepping up big. When you are looking at signees, obviously you can look at stats and you can look at performance. But how do you kind of gauge the ability for some of these young guys to come and make an immediate impact on the leadership end and just being? local and just really, you know, stepping up already from a young age. I feel, like, I feel like I've been talking the whole time, so I'm trying to give these, and I'm, I don't know what chairs you're in, but you're 6'5", and you're 6'4". Yeah, you, gave you, the, chair. you got the head coach chair. <laughs> All right, okay. This is like, this is, it doesn't feel right. From an offensive perspective, I would say, um, you know, this will be the first year since I've been here where we'll have a majority of our players that are on the field that are upperclassmen. And so we have been playing with a lot of freshmen and sophomores. And, um, 
I think we'll reap the benefits of that this fall, uh, this season, particularly if we can stay a little bit healthier. Um, I think uh, some of these guys that have been playing a lot will now come into their own as leaders now that they're juniors and seniors. Um, how do you forecast how a younger guy might step into that and provide some? I don't think you really know until they get here. And so you get, you get them here, you treat them all the same, and you see who rises to the top. Elisa, how beneficial has it been to have so many young players play on the field, and how has it impacted recruiting like a guy like Micah Harper, who isn't a member of the church, but he's here and could have a potential impact? Yeah, it's uh, definitely a benefit for us uh, when we go out on the road recruiting, um, you know, talking to kids. You know, when we ended up playing at Wisconsin and, and uh, a big deal, and we ended up having you know, Isaiah Heron and Malik uh, uh, Moore and some of those kids calling back home and asking their friends if they saw them on national TV and everything. It's, it was uh, huge for us to be able to go into somebody's house and say, the best players play and you're going to get an opportunity to compete and play. And so some of these young kids that, are, that have the opportunity to come in see that early and it's, it's beneficial for us, but also just beneficial for what uh, Coach Grimes talking about. We play with a lot of those young kids. The team will be more mature, just uh, a lot more experience under, under our belt as a team. And uh, I think it'll make for a better, better defense as well as an offense. Ed, can you talk about Bodie Schoonover? Because he was a guy that early on BYU was definitely in the mix, and then kind of last, you know, up until this last week was still sounded like he was still trying to make the decision. So just talk about his his story and, and the decision to come. Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed uh, developing a relationship with Bodie. I think I think we've gotten to know each other well because he's been very honest the, in, throughout the whole process. He grew up a BYU fan. Um, and uh, his parents are huge BYU fans, and he was always set to go to BYU. And then uh, and we were the first ones to offer and, and recognize that, and um, he was excited to make a commitment. And then when he had some other opportunities, he felt like it was important to pursue those as well and just see what was out there. And we were very honest about that that's, that's not the game of recruiting that we do. We're looking for guys who want to be at BYU. But we allowed him the opportunity to do that, and, and he looked around and, and in the end, felt like that BYU was still the right place for him. And I think he appreciated the fact that we were always open and respectful of the way he wanted to handle recruiting. But we, we stood the line in terms of how we want to we wanna handle our end of that business arrangement. But, you know, just on a, on a personal level, um, great young man. He's, I was just looking at all of these linebackers, all, all five of these guys all played in, their, in a state championship game. And so linebackers are typically in a leadership position just within the defense. But... These guys are all leaders of some really high, uh, high-performing teams, and Bodie's Bodie's one of those guys. I also feel like he has tremendous versati- versatility with what position he'll play when he gets here, and he's open to that. Just see how he develops and and let his athleticism and size and work ethic take over. Colin, we've heard both Jeff and Elias reference kind of the relative youth you guys have right now, just on the roster as it stands currently. How's it kind of affected you guys in terms of targeting guys in this class and also looking ahead to 2021, et cetera? Oh. How is it like, are you guys able to, I don't know if target's the right word, but are you guys able to plan differently with just the relative youth on the team as it stands currently? Yeah, I think I think for the classes, it's it, every year is a different deal in recruiting and even in, um, in your preparation for the season. So uh, this year is way different than what we saw from the four years before that. So... I think you're right. You just have to be able to uh, keep moving, moving with the times and moving with the roster that we have currently. I mean, there's there's things that we can adjust with, and then looking at our coaching staff, that's something we we have 
uh, a versatile group that have been a lot of different conferences and, and uh, can bring a lot of different expertise and experience into the mix. And so we're mix doing that with the mission program and the expertise we have working with the mission program and, and um, you know, adjusting as we go. But I think there's some things that you have to have a good foundation placed on and the expectation that we have in recruiting requires that we have a good stable of young guys that are committed early in recruiting, but then also as we go through it and evaluate uh, the key is to communicate with the recruits and 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 and, um, and make sure that they know where we stand, but also know that what our what our expectations are, are from them, and that's just that goes from everyone. These guys need to know my expectations, and and I need to know theirs for their players, and that's just how the communication part's got to be a big part of it. Jeff, what do you like about uh, Jake Griffin's uh, potential? Uh, Turn down some Power Five schools to to come here. I think Jake falls in line with a lot of the best offensive linemen I've recruited. Um, a guy that really hadn't played a lot of offensive line until this year. Um, played played mainly on defense. Long, athletic kid. Plays basketball. And then this year played both ways, both on O-line and D-line. And, you know, he's one of those long, athletic kids that, that has the frame. Um, but I think what I like best about him is... Um, who he is as a person. He's he's a great kid off the field, um, comes from a tremendous family, a lot of character, but he's a, he's a tough guy on the field. And if he has an opportunity to to uh, knock you down and rub your face in the dirt, he's going to do that. So he's just what we're looking for. One of the things I enjoy about this process is it's a chance to hear some of the memorable, ex memorable experiences or stories that you guys had during the recruiting process. Kwani, you were talking about the talking to the Romneys and some of that, you know, some of those things. But just for any of you guys, or, or for all of you, I guess, anything jump out just as far as anecdotes or experiences in this particular recruiting class that, uh, you know, just some of your favorite favorite experiences with these kids? You mentioned the Romneys. I remember when Kalani first um, offered Tate back when he was a young guy and we were recruiting Gunner. And so it's, it's kind of been fun to see him grow up and, and come into his own. Um, still doesn't talk a whole lot more than he did when he was when he was just a sophomore. But it's been fun to kind of really get to know that whole family um, throughout the whole process. Yeah, really, um, getting to know them has been a big deal and going to their homes. But when they come on their official visits and their and their families come and we're you know able to hang out at dinner, but then after dinner go back to the hotel and kind of hang out in the game room. Their, their kids are coming in and out with their hosts, playing video games and leaving again, doing doing their thing. Um, you know, we, we've set up karaoke machines and, you know, find out that Miles Davis's mom was a, used to be a professional singer, things like that. There's always really cool things as you're hanging out in that uh, at the hotel with them, just kind of no, you know, no schedule, just no agenda, just kind of sitting around, hanging out, eating food, eating too much food, and that's always that's been a really cool experience for me in these last uh, few weeks with recruiting. Kalani, what's some of the early feedback you've received from New and the strength staff about the mid-year guys that that joined the program? Any guys that you feel maybe could could have an impact this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think all all of them could have an impact. I mean, if you're looking at the, let me get to the list of them because there's a good number of them, but um. One that, that jumps to my mind is Tyler Batty, who was a guy that we've been really anticipating his return, you know, and so, um, but, you know, the whole group, I mean, I, it's hard when you guys ask these questions because you're asking for the individual moments, and we had them with, we had them with all of them, and then you're saying favorite recruit, and those are kind of jerk questions, to be honest with you, 
because we could have a story about every one of these recruits that we signed because that's the, that's the impact that their families had on us in recruiting. And when we go to their homes and we sit down with them or we get to meet them, um, even when they're, they're a younger brother of a, a, a current player, um, it's just like just getting to know them. It's hard for us to pick which ones stood out the most because they all are meaningful to us. And so um, it's the same thing with these guys that are coming mid, you know, through the mid-year. I mean, the guys that, that uh, looking at like Tyler Batty and Preston Lewis, Andrew Slack. So I'm going to read them all so you guys can hear it. Caleb Christensen, Bentley Hanshaw, Seth Willis, Ryan Rico, Mason Fakahua, who's quarterback, right? Fisher Jackson, Tanner Baker, Ben Tupelotu, Campbell Barrington, Connor Payne, Tyson Lewis, with those the last five will join us through spring and summer. But um, all those guys should be able to, to jump into the competition right away. And, and some of them have been home uh, during, got home during the season and had uh, some extra time to kind of work out and get ready for the season starting in January, you know. So a good portion of them will have, by the time we get to August, they would have already been home for probably 10 months or so. And so that's kind of the unique things that we've been doing as a coaching staff is trying to space them out a little bit so that they can get more time in between. So that uh, it's, uh, I mean, those of you that serve mission know that it's it's a difficult thing to get used to, but your your legs aren't, I mean, I'll be honest, I never pulled a hamstring ever until I went on my mission, came home and ran a 40. And it's like, what is this feeling, you know? And that's uh, that's kind of what you have to live with when you've been riding a bike or walking and jumping on a BART in the Bay Area on my mission, you know? So these guys, um, but the head, your, your your brain still thinks you can play like you, you did two years before. And so it's really kind of saving them from themselves even and allowing them the, the time to get ready for the season, knowing that the season's in August and not spring ball that we start we start in, in March. But all those guys are very capable players and that we expect them to, to compete for, for starting spots. Got time for about two or three more questions. At the risk of asking a jerk question, Kalani. I'll give jerk response, sorry. <laughs> Who's my favorite media member? <laughs> yes. I'm joking. You guys are all my favorite. <laughs> as far as uh, Devontae Henry Cole, can you take us through how, I mean, literally he's in the transfer portal probably a week and, and uh, you know, then he announces he's coming here. How did that happen? Did he reach out to you? Did you guys immediately call him? Kind of how did that take place? I think he entered the portal and everyone pounced. And we were uh, fortunate to get him to come on a trip. Uh, immediately th this weekend, and uh, I think, um, you know, I, I don't know all the, the, the details of how it happened, but it was pretty obvious he was comfortable right when he got here. And um, we got to talk to all the coaches, you know, his relationship with A-Rod from before, but also just his relationship. He's just an easy guy to get along with, and um, I was really impressed with the, the just the maturity that he had and the, the, the gratitude that he had for Utah and the things that he did there, but the opportunities that, that it provided him to be here, you know, and, and so just felt that it's such a genuine young man. And um, when he got to meet Grimes and Fessy and A-Rod and the rest of the staff, and he just you see his interaction with everyone, and yeah. it was just, it was, to me, it was a perfect fit, you know, and uh, I think he surprised a lot of us by saying, yeah, I'm ready to roll. So uh, I think he, he, the football part wasn't, it wasn't really the big factor. It was just him getting to meet everyone, feel comfortable, and, uh, he feels like this is an environment where he can really thrive and, and achieve some goals and has uh, the right coaching, the, 
right mix. But he, I, I say that with him having tons of gratitude for for what he's where he came from. So uh, just looking forward to him making plays for us and competing and. And um, just, I think he more than anything just joins a, a great family of people and and uh, just like-minded, you know. So it's going to be a lot of fun for us. Is the expectation is he going to be a graduate transfer? Yeah, and he, and he met with with um, you know we had uh, a lot of people looking at the graduate studies, and then he met with uh, people specifically in the biology department that were really helpful in in. Um, Getting to know him, but also just taking time. I mean, these guys are coming here on on a, on a Friday and Saturday to answer any questions that they may have, and um, that's not really unique to them. It's just BYU does that. They, they, we have teachers and and faculty and staff members that are always there for for these students and for the recruits, and so he was an, another one. But they've done that for a lot of a lot of our recruits, you know. So I'm just really thankful that that we're able to do that. And and like I said, Alema Fitisimano was big and and. Or organizing the whole thing, but um, the assistant coaches were, were the, the highlight of it all, connecting the parts. This is a question for Jeff. When you see Devontae on film, do you see him as a back that's similar to Tyson Williams, or do you see him as just a completely separate type of a player? Um, I wouldn't want to compare him necessarily to Tyson. I would just say that he's a, a really good player in his own right. He's he's not real tall, but he is very packed up. And, you know, I, height really means nothing for a running back because um, a lot of times a guy who is actually a little bit shorter has a little bit better leverage. He's got tremendous strength, particularly in his lower body. Um, Explosive will add some some acceleration and speed in our backfield that I think will will give us a little bit something different there, um, and so I, I think he'll fit in just perfectly with what with what we'll want all of our backs to do. He catches it and he's not afraid to block either. Um, so just because he's a guy that's not the tallest and uh, he has good speed doesn't mean he's just an outside runner either. He's more than happy to run between the tackles and finish runs in a physical manner. Last question: How did um Having Tyson and Emmanuel come in last year show that you guys have a track record. How did that help in recruiting him? Did that, did that help at all? Um, I don't know that it necessarily made a difference to DHC. I think his case was one in which, like as Kalani alluded to, he was comfortable here right away. Um, but I think it just shows that we're we're willing to bring somebody in, and if a guy's the best player, then we'll give him an opportunity right from the jump.